everybody. Welcome back to Negro Please Radio. I'm your host, Chris Allen. And as usual, off the top, I want to take the time out to thank each and every last one of you guys for tuning in, downloading, streaming. However you take my podcast, I appreciate it. And welcome back, everybody. I'm excited. Tonight, I am recording my crowd work special at the Southern. I've been waiting to do this for a long time. This is something I've been wanting to do for years, and I'm finally going to do it. It's going to be dope. I'm so excited. I haven't even filmed it yet, and I can't wait for you guys to see it. Can't wait. Um, I think I would I would like to say my man Glenn Lawrence is on his way down here right now to film this thing. He he came in uh town a couple of weeks ago to to look at the location, figure out where we're gonna put the cameras and everything. And and today's the day. I'll get down there a little early, help him set up, um, work out any technical kinks, and um it's on out it's on like Donkey Kong after that, as they say. Uh, do people even say that shit anymore? But I'm a, I'm a, I'm super excited. Like I, I just love doing crowd work, man. That's like my um, that's like my introdu- introduction to comedy. I feel like that's how I um I got funny. I guess that sounds weird to say. I hate tooting my own horn, but I think that's that was my introduction in, in the comedy was just, just like you know crowd work, if you will, talking to people in the class and my neighborhood, making people laugh, making up situations and stories, and giving people a background and. You know, that kind of stuff. It's fun, man. It, it really is. And I, I can't wait for the show tonight. It's just it's just something I've been waiting to do for a while. And um, I'm it's going to go well. And this is something I would like to do. I don't know how often, maybe once a year, maybe. It's like if I don't, if I'm not going to put out a, a special special or something like that, but I, I would like to put out like some type of crowd work mixtape or special maybe once a year or every other year or something like that. This just a project. I could do on a periodic periodic basis to uh, satiate a a um a need and a um something that I really in, enjoy doing the crowd work. This is my uh, favorite part, and I get a lot of compliments on it after show. So let's just do this thing, man. That's what I tell them. Let's just fucking do this. And and luckily, I got a guy like Glenn who wants to do it for me, and uh, we're both excited about it. And I know it's going to turn out dope. So. Uh, I can't wait for you guys to see it. And I, I can't wait for the show tonight. My man Alex is opening. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. And uh, I'm excited. So I'll just move on. Um, Quite a bit has happened. Uh, I'll get there. I'm, I'm not going to I can't say I'm going to be all over the place, but I'm going to try to squeeze in quite a few topics. Uh, so I, I'm going to try not to get too deep into any of them. And this stuff is kind of complicated. So I, I, it's just, um, it's, it can be heavy stuff. It can be. But I just want to make some points and then um, about the shit and then move on. So I'll, let me start with my milestone. For those who don't know, we have a nine-year-old son. His name is Miles. And I like to we, I like to talk about the different things that he's gone through. Sometimes it's big. Sometimes it's small. Sometimes it's, it's nothing. And um, I, I just want to say I'm proud of my son. He's he's making a lot of strides. He's he's doing a lot better. Uh, we had a little incident Um a couple of days. I can't even call it an incident, really. It's just had a little. We had a a, a talk. Um, I went to check on him when he was supposed to be um, in the bed and, and basically preparing to sleep. I go in. He's playing games on the iPad, which he's not supposed to do. And we have a talk about it. Like, hey, man, we just have to be able to trust you. Uh, we can't have you doing things behind our back. We we don't want you not telling us the truth. And uh, he was like, okay, sorry, Dad. You know, it won't happen again. And I've I've learned through my wife like I I just like whenever he does something that we don't really approve of, 
Um, keep it short, brief, and then talk to him about it later because it can be a, it can be a lot for him, and he it, it's just not a, a effective. And just the fact that he didn't break down and have a meltdown when he got caught doing something he shouldn't have been doing and was able to just say, you know what, you're right, I'm sorry, my bad, that's huge. Because a couple of years ago, it would have been a complete, I mean, meltdown. You know, just like he would be so upset with himself, thinking that we were going to be mad at him forever. But he's really just starting to put it all together and go, oh, you know what, it's not the end of the world. And the next morning, I had a very serious talk with him about uh, integrity and doing the right thing when, when, when mommy and daddy aren't around. Or mom and dad, he's passed the mommy and daddy state. When mom and dad aren't around. It's like, well, we want to be able to trust that we're leaving you home. When he gets to that age, we can trust to leave you home and you won't get into things that we ask you and tell you not to. And I was like, this is a very, this is a road you don't want to go down. I was like, we pretty much let you do, we let you do what you want to do. I was like, but you'll see a different side of us if you start lying to us and doing things we ask you not to do. And he was just like, all right, I get that. I understand, and I'm, I'm sorry, and I won't do it again. So I know for some people, that's just like, that's not a big deal. But for, for somebody like him, that is a huge, huge deal, you know, uh, about being perfect. And, and they people, kids with ADHD, really, not that anyone likes getting in trouble. It's just they take it way worse and harder than uh, other kids. It, it just it's blown out of proportion and just the emotional um it can it can get really really rough so that's that's big the fact that we can have that discussion um and it not turn into a meltdown situation where we're gonna be up, up with him for two three hours trying to get him to calm down so that I'm very proud of him he's starting to take more initiative with things. So I'm proud of him. I really think just being in school and around other kids, uh, it helps out a lot. Helps out a lot. So I'm I'm really proud of my son. He's making some great strides. And um, shout out to my wife. You know, she she works well with him. She she does a great job. Yeah, I guess I, I do too. But I, I I can't I can't pat myself on the back. It's weird. Um, <laughs> so we had this happen the other day. Not an exciting story. But as a former maintenance guy who has done long jobs and uh, has had things go wrong, I understand where this dude's coming from. It's not funny, but for me being in that situation, I thought it was funny. I felt like I could laugh. I didn't laugh at him. But so we've been having issues with a septic tank for the last couple of weeks. Guys in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. And the other day, they finally get it fixed. It, he got here around eight o'clock in the morning, and it's it's about seven seven thirty. It's 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 nighttime, and it's a, a black dude. Oh, let me let me tell you this real quick. So I have been dealing with this company for a couple of weeks now, and they just send these texts out. Hey, this is your appointment. We're gonna, we'll be there at this time. Just text after text after text over the last couple of weeks. Not once have they ever texted me about a technician. And look, I'm not saying this shit is, is, is a race related at all, but I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> so I get a text that morning. Hey, this is this is your technician. It's a black dude. It's got his entire name on there. And some of his hobbies. I'm like, is this what they have to do? 
in areas like this to not scare white people. Hey, here's your technician. Here's his name. Just if you see a black guy in your yard wearing the uniform from the place that you called, don't be startled. It's him. Now, again, this could have been something new that they started that day, that morning. My guy could have been the first one sent out. I'm just saying I've dealt with these people over the last couple of weeks. I dealt with them in the last few years I've been here. Never done it before. Ain't that crazy that, like, if that's the case, that's how they have to humanize us, man. Hey, the, the, the guy coming to fix your shit is black. And guess what? He likes to fish and hunt. <laughs> okay? He has a child. <laughs> Don't do anything to him. But anyway, so <laughs> that shit was fucking funny. So when he gets to the door, I just open it up. I say his full name. I go, oh, Mark Johnson, who likes to fish and hunt? How you doing? And he was looking like, what the fuck are you doing, man? But I just, I just laughed at him. But so he knocks on the door. He goes, hey, man, I got it all fixed. This is what was wrong. They had this put in the wrong order. Now we just want to test it, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's good. We'll be out of here soon. But there's one last thing. I go, what? He goes, I dropped my keys in the tank. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Are you kidding me? So him and his partner got to try to, like, fish the keys out of the tank. And look, I used to be a maintenance dude when I was in the military. I used to fix radars. And I remember one time we had this very complicated job where, like, we had to take a lot of shit apart. It took a very long time. Uh, anyone who's ever done maintenance or work, just just work with, like, um, just taking things apart and putting things together, ele electronics, mechanical shit, you know how finicky it can be. Everything needs to line up. Sometimes uh, shit gets cross-threaded. Just things get fucked up, and it can be a pain in the ass when it comes to mechanical shit. So this is like an all-day job we're doing, right? We're taking this whole radar uh, transmitter apart. Uh, we finally get everything back together. This has been a long day. This is a long process. So, like, once we get done with the job, we have to, like, warm the radar up. We have to pressurize these tanks. So it takes time. It's not like we just, like, you fix it and then plug it in. And then it takes another, It takes time to get it all warmed up, this system. It's a fucking radar. And we get it all warmed up. Nothing fucking happens. And we're like, what's going on with troubleshooting shit? And another one of our buddies come in, and he picks up this little, like, six-inch piece of metal, like a little lead. He goes, man, what's this for? And, like, we all turn around and look at it. We go, you got to be fucking kidding me. It's the piece that connects the trend, the trend, <laughs> these two major pieces. It, it will be too complicated to, to try to explain it. These two major pieces that need to be connected to have electricity go from this thing to this thing is not connected. And the thing is, you can't, there's no way, there's no tricks you can't go, oh, you know what? I'll just take this part off and then we can, there's no way to do that. So we have to depressurize. We have to turn everything up, depressurize everything, take all these screws, all this shit off, lift this thing and put this one little thing back on. It literally takes five seconds to put this thing on, but it turns into an extra three or four hours. So I know what that shit is like to work on a job all day and to have something silly like that happen. And you're going to be working a much, much longer. That shit was so funny, man. 
it just I, I didn't want to laugh in his face, but I've been there when you're like, thank God this job is over. It sucks. And then something dumb happens and you're like, fuck, I'm stuck here. And they tried getting I, I, long story short, they had to come back the next day. And from what I from what I learned, there's a low. OK, the company that I use, there's actually a location around the corner from my house. So in my mind, I go, oh, OK, all the technicians that that work in this area live over here after talking to these dudes. No, they don't. They come from all over this area. It's like Charlottesville. It's a, it's a, it's a weird town, man. It's a lot of commuting from these really small rural areas. And this dude, the dude that came to my house, the black dude, he lived about 50 minutes away and his technician buddy lived about two hours away. And they take these cars, these trucks, their, their, their maintenance trucks home with them. So it's not like it was just his work keys. These are his also like his keys keys. And they try to fish it out. They can't. So eventually what happens is the black dude has to drive his buddy to Richmond to get his car so he can go home. So the black dude then has to drive from my house to Richmond, which is over an hour, back to my house to get all of his shit clean up everything leave his truck there because they both drove their own trucks drive an hour home and then in the morning get up drive almost two hours to get his buddy <laughs> and then they come back to my house they finally get the keys out and the next morning they uh they take off that's a shitty fucking day and they had to cancel other jobs that has to suck, man. When you got something going on in your house and the guy's like at 8 o'clock, hey, I can't make it. You're like, what the fuck? So whoever that was, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry they didn't get to your house. That fucking sucked, man. It was so funny. Um, I couldn't laugh in his face, but I ended up calling my neighbor, Chris. We tried to help him get the keys out. We couldn't, but we were both military dudes. We both were maintenance guys. We both know how that shit goes. And we just fucking laughed and laughed and told stories about times where we fucked shit up. In a way, it was kind of cool, <laughs> but I know that feeling, man. I know that fucking feeling. So my heart kind of goes out to the dude, but it was it was fucking hilarious, man, to work all day and to just and because you're thinking like, why the fuck were your keys dangling over the hole of a septic tank? Why? And I wanted to ask that, but I'm like, I don't want to get thrown in there <laughs> by these dudes that work for this fucking company. Um, so funny, man. But we finally got it fixed. <laughs> but goddamn, don't miss that shit. Um, me and my wife have been watching Power, the TV show. Uh, this, these are just hard fucking turns. I, I, this is all over the place. Like I said, we finally finished watching the main show. It was a good show. I really enjoyed it. Um, I do. I will say I do hate shows that just milk the uh, the finale. I'll say spoiler alert, even though this show's been out for fucking probably almost 10 years. So the main character finally dies at the end of the show, but he dies. I want to say, um, I want to say he gets shot around. Um, I want to say about four, three or four episodes before the finale. So, Every episode after that is basically rehashing what led up to it just from every different angle because a lot of people after this guy. 
it's like I get it, but I hate shows that do that. It's just like this was a cheap way for you to get three or four more episodes out of it. And I gotta be honest, it really didn't it didn't really add more suspense to anything at all. It's just like I, we kind of figured who it was. But uh I, I just again I enjoyed the show, but man, they the ending was just way too fucking long. The to me, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze, you know. And maybe with the show being so, me talking about this shit years later, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> but I think I'm going to end up watching the other show, like that, the uh, Power Book 2, Ghost, and then they got the Book 3, Canaan, Raise of Canaan. I, th- I think I might watch a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It had, it had uh, Mari, uh, Mari Hed- Hedwig. I can't think of his name. Uh, a bunch of other people. 50 Cent was in it. It was his show. I, I'm not aware. Not, I'm not sure if you're aware, but 50 Cent had to uh, produce the show. Uh, I found it very entertaining. You did have to leave um, a lot of your logic behind. Like it was a show, entertaining, but one of those shows like you couldn't think about it too hard because it was just like I don't understand. Like, how are you being investigated by the FBI? Question about your uh, involvement with a certain person, and then leave. And then go to that person and go, the FBI was just after me saying uh, they saw me with you. It's just like they're not watching you right now. So you just left the downtown uh, FBI building and then you head over to this drug dealer's house and they're not watching you. It's just shit like that that you just got (laughs) to. Or like killing somebody in their own apartment building and never hearing anything about it ever again. It's like so you just strangle the dude right here in the hallway. There's no investigation. The cops that are looking for you for another murder don't hear about a murder that happened at the front door of your apartment apartment building or or at the front door of your apartment in your apartment building. They they just have they didn't hear about that. It's just it's shit like that. You go, what are, what are we doing? But it was fun. I enjoyed it. If you haven't seen it, I I recommend watching it. Um man. You know what? I've okay. Hmm. I'm trying to think. I'll I'll end on that shit. I've I've been trying to avoid watching any of the, any of these cases, the Rittenhouse or the Ar- Arbery case. But I I just happened to see um the guy who shot Arbery, uh, Ahmad Arbery, on the stand being cross examined by the person prosecution, and I was like, you know, what? let me check this out. And boy, that guy's story had so many fucking holes in it. He has so many opportunities to not have this happen. It was just mind-blowing to see the sense of entitlement that this guy had of, of just chasing this, this dude down. So, like, I, I get it. It was your, your your neighborhood. I understand that. But people be taking shit too far. And, and you know they say the road to hell is, is paved with good intentions. It's just like you might have had good intentions, but it, it's just the guy walked away from you multiple times. He, the, he even said on the stand he never threatened him at all. Not once did he ever threaten him. Did uh, did Amar threaten him? He tried to walk away. This guy was turning his truck around to follow him. It's it's just this crazy. Even the lawyer who was questioning him was like, "You you know, in America, no one has to talk to you, no matter what's going on. You're not a cop. You're not a fucking law enforcement. People do not have to stop and talk to you, no matter what. They don't." It's just the, the fact that people think that they're owed something. And, and and I get it. We all want safe neighborhoods. We see weird shit. Call the police, man. We see where a lot of this shit leads. 
people taking stuff into their own hands. They're following people. You know, they're, they're, they're um, it's just, it's crazy. It's just like on one hand, you get very, very upset when we, if, if someone will call you a bigot for saying something that is bigoted. Hey, we got to be careful. Words have meanings. But you, you think it's okay? You know, you, you, you feel like being called a, bit, a, a bigot can escalate things and, and things can get out of hand just from calling someone uh, a bigot? But you don't think that following somebody and questioning somebody when you're accusing them of a, of a crime and you 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 you, you uh, follow them in a vehicle, you have a weapon with you, you don't think that's going to go sour? Again, things get sour with just words. Now you're putting actions with it and you bring a weapon into it and you're bringing emotions into it. It's just that's a recipe for disaster. You know, and I'm watching this and I'm thinking like, bro, just tap the fuck out. Just say, you know what? I fucked up, man. I fucked up. I, I, I thought I was doing the right thing. We're wasting a lot of time and money right now. We fucked up, dad. We fucked up. I mean, maybe they'll give you a couple years off your sentence. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they won't give you the death penalty. I, I, I have no idea. But just, just admit you fucked up because I, I think in the long run, You'll feel better, even though you're going to feel awful that you killed somebody. But just just admitting the fact that you fucked up and just, but just trying to justify the, the mental gymnastics. You're wasting everybody's fucking time at this point. You know what you did. You fucked up. Just face the music, man. Just take your ass to jail. <laughs> Lesson learned. Every everything that guy, it, it was all hearsay. The guy had never seen anything. He just heard stories. It's wild. You're not a fucking cop. Uh, and I, I get, I get, I get it. If it's your neighborhood, you want to say, I understand that. I under, I understand you. You don't want people to get away with shit. Look, I, I'm not, I'm not cool with people following people. But if you really feel like in, in a certain situation, like you know, what, I need to make sure this person at least doesn't, they don't get away. Not for me in a sense, but they just don't get away. I can keep eyes on this person. Like if you're going to truly keep yourself safe and watch somebody, even if you just suspected, Hey, I, I, you know, this guy's being weird. This lady's being weird. Uh, you should maybe come take a look, but to, to go up and like uh, question that person or try to hold them there. It's just like, you're, you're asking for it. And it, it, it just kills me, man. The people that do this type of stuff, these are the type of people who don't like to be questioned. They're always talking about freedoms and and people need to be left alone. And I, I don't get it. They, they don't. You don't want to be profiled. And how dare you? Just because I'm this doesn't mean that I'm a a bad person. You believe all these things, but then you treat people that way. And then when things go bad, you want to be you want to be exonerated because you had good intentions. That's not how shit hap- works. You just can't fucking follow people, man. You can't try to stop people, especially if it's not your shit. Especially if it's not even it's not even your shit. I, I, I just I, I just people just for some reason there's a certain group of these guys they just they they fantasize about being this gun wielding hero. I, I it's just and it gets them in trouble because because shit is complicated, man. Yeah, to me, you just you can't provoke some shit, then find yourself in a bad position, and then oh, I had to defend myself. Well, if you just never would have followed this person, it wouldn't happen. 
I, I really think a lot of this shit is really that simple. It's it's really that simple. And the complication of the law is what gets you in fucking trouble. That's what I'm saying. The overall situations get very complicated, but it's simple. You're not a cop. They didn't physically do anything to you or steal any of your shit. You don't need to be trying to fucking corner people and question them. You don't. Because what if Ahmad turned around, got his gun and killed him? Would he be wrong? I followed this man for multiple blocks, even turned around. I don't know. Just odd, man. It's just very odd. Um, also, this Paul Gosert guy that posted that thing about AOC, the, this violent video of her being murdered. I, I don't understand what what the what the what the problem is here. I don't I don't understand what the discussion is here. It, everyone should condemn this type type of behavior. It's crazy. I mean, because when Kathy Griffin, a fucking comedian, posted a picture of of her holding Donald Trump's decapitated head, all of a sudden this was completely all uncalled for. All the people that are quiet about this had so much to say. How disrespectful, how rude. We can't have this type of rhetoric. And here you are, quiet on this Paul Gosser shit. It's not cool. And this is exactly the shit that I talked about before. People are going to slowly start to be okay with this violent shit. And th this is how it starts, with these little violent images of them killing each other. Uh, killing a government, that's not cool, man. It's not cool. When you do it to people, it's just like, oh, it's not a big deal, but somebody do that shit to Donald Trump? Absolutely uncalled for, gross, sick. Even um, Rush Limbaugh got so mad when people made fun of him. Oh, it's disgusting. The left is this or that. This man posted a fucking video of, of her being murdered. Come on, man. There's not a double standard there. That's not cool, man. And we we, we talk about slippery slopes. This is definitely one. See, you, you're okay with this, with these little videos and all that kind of shit. Next thing you know, it's going to start to get physical. They're already getting... It, death threats, both sides are out, death threats. We're okay with one side. It's, it's not a big deal when liberals get death threats. When, when other people get death threats, it's it's a serious matter. I mean, it's, 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 not, it's, it's not a game, man. People's lives are, are at stake at this point, man. It's uh, it, People won't be satisfied until some bad shit happens. And unfortunately, I, I think that's what's going to happen. And and and, and the, honestly, the thing is, it's just going to be a lot of finger pointing, a lot of yeah, but yeah, but they did this, and, and nothing's going to happen, and it's just going to get worse and worse. And I, I don't want to see that. I, I don't want to see it. <laughs> I don't. And speaking of shit, I don't want to see. Did y'all see this video? This this uh, Zach, Zach, D, uh, what's his name? Zach, uh, this football player, Zach. Zach Stacy, the video of him beating up his girlfriend. This guy needs a bullet to the back of the brain. ASAP. I mean, it is fucking disgusting. In front of a baby. I mean, he's tossing this woman around like a rag doll. It it, it even watching the video, it's unbelievable. I just I I I I, I don't see how how do you do that to a woman, man? And I get 
are, we make each we as when you're in a relationship, you can make each other so mad. But to actually physically put your hands on somebody like that, you have a fucking problem, man. That is, you have a, a professional football player dragging a, I mean, th- literally throwing a woman around the room into a TV, dragging her by her hair. Insane. That guy, no, no jury, no trial. Just bam, right to the fucking back of the head. Good night. Fucking roll him over in the ditch and let's move forward. Unfucking call for it. Disgusting, man. So sad, man. Fucking sad. Dude's got fucking issues, man. Issues. Ugh. All right, I'll end on this and get the fuck out of here. This has been longer than I wanted to be. So a few days back, I saw, and I really try not to speak on this type of shit, man, because I feel like we're one community, but I got, I told I told you guys a few weeks back, I'm just going to be honest, man, and talk about the shit that I want to talk about. But I, I will not ever trash comics uh, comedy. All right, so a few days ago, Tim Dillon and Michael Che kind of got into a beef. Uh, um, uh, last week on Saturday Night Live, they did a Joe Rogan, Big Bird, Ted, Ted Cruz speech, I mean, sketch, that a lot of people felt like it was whack, lazy, and just wasn't good writing. And it's like, okay, that's fine. But as a comic, when you get on there and you call the writers and stuff hacks, you're talking about other comics. You're calling comics hacks. And I get it. People don't like SNL. They felt like they unfairly went after Trump and it was one side. I, I get it. People think SNL is whack. That's fine. It's just weird that, like, for the most part, comics typically do not uh, comment on other comics' content unless it's funny. Like, if you see a sketch or a special that's not great, you don't say, hey, so-and-so suck. I didn't like it. But for some reason, like, Dave's special, they attack that. Um, Hannah Gatsby, they attack that. They kind of see these people as too too big to fail. But SNL is one of those things where, like, we you'll know people who write on the show, their fellow comics, but for some reason comics thinks it think it's just okay just to trash the show because it's this big institution, because it's been around for so long. But it's like, hey man, you're still talking shit about comics, especially when you say, Oh, the writers are hacks. It's like now you're making it personal. Personal. And the thing is, like Tim and his old camp, they're acting surprised that Chase responded because typically he does it but it's like hey man he's a he's a co-head writer even though it's not his show it's his show of course he's going to defend it why are you acting why are they acting like that is so unbelievable y'all felt like y'all had to come to joe rogan's defense and you really fucking didn't or you could just say that's a lazy sketch it's kind of whack but the caller writers hacked and to act like you're surprised what do you what did you expect him to do just say, say nothing. Why can you attack where he what he does, but then when he says something to you, you you want to get upset? It's just funny to see the troll get get trolled. And the thing, y'all do separate shit. Tim does his thing, Che does his thing. Yeah, I mean he works for a major network. Okay, you might think it's whack. He's working under way more restrictive conditions that you are they're they're doing what they can that guy has no final say in shit that's not it's not his fucking show but he's gonna defend his writers that's what fucking bosses do you defend the people you work for and that's fine if you want to defend your friend but don't but just don't act like don't act shocked okay 
don't don't get on the show and talk about how you're number two on Patreon, how you got all these fans, you sell out all these shows, and then when Chase something says something to you, you're like, I don't understand why he would even say anything. I'm just a single entity. It's like, dude, your fans are writing him bragging about how you make almost a quarter million dollars a month off your podcast. Don't act like you're me and you might have 150 listeners. That's not the same. Okay. You make a few million dollars a year. You're a voice in this, in this, uh, in this community. Let's not, let's not act like um, you're nobody. That's, that's not the case. Okay. Don't, don't, don't act shocked. You know exactly what you're doing. They responded. And then you act shocked when they come back hard at you. This is whack, man. I just I hate the fact that comics are all just attacking each other. We're supposed to be on the same team here. This shit is, this shit is garbage. And a, most of these, a lot of these comics that talk shit about SNL, yes, I get it. There are some that don't need it. Their careers are doing very, very well. They make a shit ton of money. They don't need it. But the majority of comics, you would fucking do whatever you could to write on SNL, and you would be so proud. You would be so happy making all that money on such a prestigious show with that type type of legacy and history. So I feel like most of it is just fucking whack anyway. Most of the hate is just whack. If you don't like it, don't fucking watch it. That's the same thing you say to, to people who don't like your comedy. If you don't like it, don't fucking watch it. If you don't like SNL, don't fucking watch that shit. You don't you don't have to like it. You can have an opinion on it. You can just say, ah, I'm not really I don't really like the show. I'm okay with people even saying, yeah, that, that, that sketch, not that not that great. But when you call the writer's hacks, you should expect a response. Now, now you're making it personal. I, it's just um, just watching people talk to each other in, the, in these circles and just like, you know, just not really using any, any critical thinking and making yourself out to be the victim when you're the one that started talking shit first is it's kind of whack. And then the thing of like, well, I like the show. Okay, well, you, that's fine. But you don't need to attack people personally if you like the show. That's fine. But don't act surprised when you try to fucking have some, uh, some make that shit sideways personal and then somebody comes after you. That's how that shit works. But all in all, we just need to stop the shit. It, it's, it's not productive. It, it's stupid. And honestly... I know why they're doing this shit, man. It's it's all for fucking publicity. It's, it's all for more tickets and more Patreon subscribers. It's all it's all for fucking money, man. But come on, man. It's just like leave the art of comedy out of it, man. It's just it's becoming a fucking gossip fucking circle with some of these people, man. And it's fucking sad. But there's a show. That's a show. This is way longer than I wanted it to be. You guys have a great and safe weekend, and uh, I'll see y'all next week. I'm out. Peace.